this just did breaking news. Double bullshit. Double bullshit. No bullshit. We're back. Can't sleep. Watch the news. Want the news? You're in the right place. No bullshit news hour brought to you by ADR Consultants. You have a business, don't lay down and die. Get things done legally and with full respect for the emergency corona measures, whatever they are today, because nobody knows what they are. Get your construction crews back working. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. Get the job done right on time, on budget. And right now, call Barry Allen Tuck, 248-318-9424. Honest, ethical, and smart. I am in the basement of American Coney Island, a dear sponsor of ours. Why am I in the basement? Because the internet sucks. Yeah. Everything sucks in fucking Michigan. It's a good but, look, though. Looks nice. Doesn't yeah, it? I you love it, know Charlie. What this, do you want to know what this place is? In American what? history, this very well may be the first, if not the first, one of the first speakeasies in America. Because huh. in 1917, when this place was founded, Michigan banned alcohol two years before the federal government banned it. So, so Gus Carros, the guy who founded it, Grace Carros, grandfather, had a shoe shining hat cleaning shop upstairs, taking advantage of it as a Greek immigrant will do. He opened a card table down here and a speakeasy. And so he had a gambling parlor where you could drink. And like the Earl of Sandwich, nobody <laughs> likes to get up from the table when the cards are hot. So he invented the Coney dog, the finger food, the Earl of Sandwich. This is the joint. Now, you can't see it if you're listening to the uh, to the podcast. But if you're watching on Facebook Live, we'll show it to you. Look at this. Yeah. Like Anthony Bourdain said, if what they're showing you is garbage, imagine what they're not showing you. This <laughs> storage area this is, is clean. I fixed the walls. I fixed the ceiling, everything. So go to AmericanConeyIsland.com, get your Coney kit delivered to your home. And remember, they're open for responsible business Monday through Saturday, 11 to 3, carry out only. Hey, so I know Grace is watching and Patrick Duggan just suggested why not restore it to a speakeasy. That would be fun. (laughs) Do you have a liquor license? You could do it. There's an idea. As soon as the governor lets us do it. (laughs) Maybe before. Nobody's listening. Karen, you got some breaking news? Yeah, Charlie. Actually, the uh, Minneapolis police officer that was involved uh, in in Floyd's death has been arrested. Uh, Derek Chauvin. Chauvin? Chauvin? How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, He has been taken. Chauvin, like chauvinistic. He has been taken into custody. So. That's the we don't latest know the news. charges yet, right? I'm not sure if he's been arrested. Don't know what the charges are, if he's been formally arrested or processed or anything, just that he has been taken into custody. So the prosecutors well, are it. scheduled to speak after his arrest. Uh, so we'll see. We'll just continue to, to see what happens. Well, that begs well, the question, you know, what about the other three? When does that come? Do the protests and riots still good continue? Question. It's a, well, lot, I guess, a lot, lot of unanswered questions. I don't know. You know, for the people that are going to be listening to this on Sunday and next week, you're already going to know. Yeah. But right. um, I'll just say it now because I covered Ferguson and Chicago and Baltimore and New York. This I saw. This is I'm sorry. Yeah. And yeah, everybody knows I'm pro cop. It's the hardest job in the country. Mm-hmm. No doubt. This is murder, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's get off of them. 
Mm-hmm. But Charlie, I think it's important to understand when people speak out against uh, police brutality, it's not anti-cop. I just that's that's not in the vein of a lot of folks. I mean, it's just not. They are against abuse of the badge. That's what people are against. I don't think people are are just in general anti cop. I mean, I'm not. You're not. And most people I know are not. Uh, did, but, you yeah, know, but people, cops like this, cops, cops like, like this, this yeah, turn but people against police. He doesn't deserve to wear the badge. That's then the how was he wearing the badge when this guy but this has is the other 18. Thing. Hold on. Hold on now. Go ahead, go hold ahead, on. I know ahead, you want to go off, but let's That's set okay. up who this guy is. That's fine. He's got 18 prior, 18 prior abuse cases. He's he's been in shootings at least two other times. The current senator of uh, Minnesota was the uh, what, what's the name of the county? Hennepin. I've been in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Amy Klobuchar, who's being vetted to be the vice president, never took action on the guy. How the fuck do guys like this continually stay on the force? Well, that's a good question, Charlie, you know, and that's both an organizational and an internal question. Is there assessment? You know, we talk about uh, sensitivity and de-escalation training, but this is what people don't understand. If you could look in that officer's face as he was there with his knee on that gentleman's neck, there's something in his face, a, a level of hate or I don't even know what it is that you there's no, there's no policy that can erase that if it's in your heart. There's yeah. nothing anybody can do about it. So it's up to the department. Yeah, you got to figure out a way to weed these folks out when people are on the force and they're constantly exposed to violence and, you know, crime and all these heinous things. It has an impact on them. I get that. But if you're a hateful person, if you're a racist person, if you're a bad person, you will be a hateful, racist and bad professional, regardless of what you choose to do. And you know what? How long has it been going on? And look. Good cops know it. They want these guys out. They want them out. How long has it been going on? And we're only going to believe it now when you see videotape. Mm-hmm. There's, there's video from so many angles. What resisting arrest? Let's really figure out what George Floyd was doing. Why they call the cops on him. He was at a grocery store. Maybe, we don't even know, maybe he was passing a bad check, right? Okay, the cops show up. A man during a COVID lockdown where everybody's unemployed is at a grocery store trying to feed himself and his people. And he's dead. There's, there's, it's not there's, proven that he had written a bad check. That was the exactly. accusation. And, and, you know, cops all the time, you know, if you say it's a, a tall black man in a hoodie, hell, that's 90 percent of the black people you may encounter. So who knows if, in fact, he was even guilty of something like that? I mean, but this is this is the issue. And I don't want to get distracted because I know we got a lot of stuff going on. But you think about the situation in Central Park where Amy called the police on the guy who's a Harvard grad because she knew that if she got the right police officers responding to that call, then that gentleman would have ended up like the one in Minneapolis because they you mean was- not everybody's watching cable. So it's, it's a okay. white woman walking her dog where they're, su- they're supposed to be on a leash. Right. right? And, and a black man who's watching birds. Right. Asked her to put him on a leash and they get into it and he's filming oh. her, the big dummy, the white woman. No, and then she sister, calls nine one one. His, his okay. sister filmed it. 
His sister filmed it. He didn't, nor did he post it. His sister was the one who posted it. He was very calm. She said, I'm going to call the police. What are she? He said, go right ahead, ma'am. I just, I just want your dog on the leash. There's a reason why there are no dogs allowed in this area. But she knew that if I call the police, 90% of the time is that automatically, is that, look, look at a lady who just had her kids, just accused a black man of, of doing something to her kids. And she did it because people feed what's into the, the What's the, what's the, What's that rumbling y'all hear? I, I'm trying to fix it. I have no idea what that was. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's you. So this Karen, it's okay. that was me. I'm okay. sorry. It's fixed. We, could, we could give a million details. Look, as, as a black woman in this country, I think it's time to listen. Put all this together. What, what have we seen? What, what are your feelings? What do we need to do here? Well, one, I'm, I, I, like so many other people, regardless of what they look like, are frustrated. Two, we have to stop running from thing to thing to thing. This happens. We protest. People loot. Everybody talks about reform. We got it. And then it dies down until the next situation. At some point, we've got to look at what we individually, collectively, f- politically, structurally can do to make a difference. I mean, people have to, I've seen a lot of, of white people commenting like, look, we have to take some onus on how these things are, are, are emerging. And I applaud that. I applaud when people say, hey, I don't know what it's like to be black. I can sympathize. I can empathize. I can try to understand, but I don't know. That's the first step. We don't know what it's like on both sides, but we have to acknowledge that there is a structural, long-standing, generational issue of racism in this country. That's not playing the race card. That's a reality check. And if we really I want it to be true. addressed, then we'll put it on the table and start dealing with it and stop pretending like it doesn't exist. I'll say this. You know, I know what pe- a, lot, a lot of people are thinking, like, why tear up shit? Why burn the... Uh, police precinct down why why right. loot yeah. the target and look who said a dr king i think yes riot is the voice of the unheard and, yes. and nobody nobody pays attention until you see the flames in this i just brought it this book it's it's not even two years old they wrote a shit show country's collapsing and the ratings are great i still like, have mine. <laughs> milwaukee was in this and you know what a barber in milwaukee told me Nobody fucking listens until the flames go, right? Now you got these things, these phones, and you just call your buddy like, let's get down there. Lights, camera, loot. But isn't the problem with that is that now the focus or a lot of the focus is on the riot aspect of it as opposed to the protest aspect of it. And you're right. People are paying attention, but are they paying attention to the right thing? Well, I mean, my, my thing is this, and you're right, Mark. I mean, because you see a lot of comments are like, oh, my God, you're tearing up. The, yeah. These are these are people that don't know how else to get the attention, how else, how else to communicate the severity of what they're feeling and what they're seeing in their communities and their desire for it to stop. You know, I mean, I, I don't my, know. My you know what I saw? You know, that it's going to be the wrong attention. Just like when in, in Ferguson, when I did the story of, the masked black man with the pistol at the liquor store. And you can believe every stereotype you want, but if you go in there and you listen, he's trying to stop people who aren't mm-hmm. from his community yeah. from burning the place fucking down. Right. Right. They, they never offer him a job at that liquor store afterwards. He went in and asked, but when I'm looking at that tape at the target in Minneapolis, right. And um, the, 
white woman in the wheelchair wielding the knife. Sure. And look, we, I don't want to go into all the details. You can all do that. And somebody's hitting her with a fire extinguisher. I'm watching. That's a white man that was blasting her with it. Right. With right. Fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Because she was stabbing the black people coming out of the target. Not and there's the white a, there's ones a, that were looting. She was stabbing a, the black ones coming well, out. Well, maybe, maybe. You know, no. like we're just Watch. like everybody else. OK, I say this. I'm looking okay. at the black man in the front of the frame telling mm-hmm. people to leave her alone. That's mm-hmm. where that's where my heart. That's where my mind. That's what, where my life's work gravitates to is that person. Right. That I understand the frustration, but I even said it. I think in Baltimore, what does Freddie Gray's rights have to do with those tire rims? Yeah. So I do get that. Right. But the frustration gets so nobody listens. Well, and it's I'll getting t- real bad in this country. I'll tell you this, Charlie. Economics makes people listen. Now, I don't condone anybody looting. I don't condone anybody stealing. I don't. But there is a political and an economic capital that has to be leveraged in the right way to garner the type of, of, of ear that will eventually make a difference. You know, I mean, I can give tons of examples, but people have to understand they do have value and the value doesn't have to be evident in, in destroying a community, whether it's your community or somebody else's. But you're right. It was a white guy who blasted the lady with the fire extinguisher and a black guy who told them to leave her alone, as well as a black girl who, when the lady was in the street and had been struck by tear gas, was giving her water and asking her, was she OK? But this was the lady who was stabbing black people. Most people, in my opinion, Charlie, probably are compassionate. They are. But at the same time, we they, there are tons of people that feed into a system that has existed for so long that gives them a pass to act like assholes. Well, Seriously. speaking of which, leave the fucking media alone. The cops are wrong to arrest the CNN guy. Let him do his job. Wasn't doing anything. There was no, no disturbance was. in the area. So right there on the... Plus, I'm going... I, I notice though what media d- does do, they will they will ramp it up, right? They will. Right. We we love flames and we love gas. And what I would like to see is a little bit more of the root causes of all this shit. Right. Every other day of the year, you know what I mean? We just run around from bodies at, at Sinai Grace to a dead man in in Minneapolis, and we're not looking at the. Root causes. Look what's going to happen in this country. I think we've been saying it. We had the Detroit chief of police on who called this murder. And we said, sir, sir, with the COVID and the kids out of school, ooh, it's going to be a long, hot summer. And what did we get in Detroit this week? We got a flash mob on what? Instagram? Come on down and settle your beef. We got a, and they're just, they're kids, you know, it's like, come on down and rumble. Well, this one parent commented and she actually tweeted it to Dr. Uh, Vidi from DPSCD. And she's saying, you know, kids are admitting that they miss school, but they're also bored. They don't know where to go. They don't have anything to do. Um, and we're going to see a lot of that. You know, there's supposed to be a rally today, at, uh, today meaning Friday at four o'clock and at the uh, police headquarters. People are here in Detroit want to show their support for what's going on. But Charlie, you just summed up everything wrong with everything we talk about. Nobody ever looks at the root causes, organizations, elected officials, nothing. We look at putting a Band-Aid on something and never solving what is con- continuing to contribute to the problems that they pretend they want to solve. Yeah. And, you know, and Mark, Mark was saying uh, before we went live, you're talking about Trump and being flagged by Twitter. Right. Yeah. And then now that becomes the story. So 
What did, what, did, what did Trump say? He said, he tweeted, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And Twitter calls that glorifying violence. Do you take that, Mark? To be that—that's what the president was doing, or is this well, a, another media thing to do? Well, it's well, it, it's become a media thing because Twitter did flag it. It's very interesting. The problem with Twitter, once again, no tone, no context. Although we, I think we know his tone and context and how he does say things. Um, I thought it was interesting because you said you took it as a warning because that's what typically happens. We've seen it since Ferguson. You've been there. It starts with looting and rioting, and then the shooting does come. Um, was, is People some- in the crowd start shooting. Then the police shoot rubber bullets and tear gas. And, you know, I mean, and it, it snowballs. I, so that's how I took it. But I didn't take it as, uh, you know, he's ordering people to go down there and shoot people. However, I could totally see how somebody would. Well, people can hear. They're, they're, people listen you know, for their convenience. But the officer, uh, just to interrupt, has been charged with third degree murder and manslaughter. Those are the charges. Way to keep up on that, Karen. That's very responsible. Well, like you were last week. I, I. So now, once again, you go to the other three officers. It's been revealed now that two of them were also kneeling on him, not on his neck, but on other parts right. of his body. So is that going to follow? Is that going to pacify protests and riots? I, you knows? know what? Who knows? No but the knows. thing about it is, is that if if it does, it's only going to pacify it and suspend it until the next time that it happens. That's right. the dangerous part. <laughs> That's it. That's right. I mean, yeah. So, you know, and we, we go through this. You look at, you know, um, the, the, the officer, was it Mike Brown in, in New York? I mean, there's so many. It's hard to remember. He, George Zimmerman, these folks are walking around. So we go through the process and we play the game. But at the end of the day, nothing ever changes. Nothing. Let me let me let me, let me switch a little bit here. Uh, I just saw him pop up. So I haven't introduced him, but uh, he's going to come in on the, as soon as we finish up with the news, because you might want to listen, Rick, because uh, we're talking about, uh, I think Klobuchar is now done. I, I don't think she can be Biden's running. No, now. she can't. We want to talk about Gretchen Whitmer real quick here. She's the week in the news out of her office real quick in Detroit. And then have uh, Rick Wilson on from the, the Lincoln Project, which is it's really interesting. It's sort of the Republican establishment lining up for anybody but Trump. And so here it comes. It, this, this dude's interesting, for real. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, will anything change? Let, let, let's look at uh, Governor Whitmer for a minute. What, what do we have in the last week? We have <laughs> Leafgate. Her <laughs> husband goes up to the to the country home to rake leaves like a rich guy ever rake leaves. And by the way, uh, Mr. First Husband, if you have a swanky joint up north, you let the local rednecks rake the leaves. That way there's ownership and they don't break into your stuff. So I, I don't believe you were raking leaves, dude. And then the boat, like you're trying to push your way to the front to get your boat in because your wife wouldn't let you get your boat in. Don't lie about it because here's the new one. Bridge Magazine broke this news. I called the uh, the uh, editor-in-chief, Joel Kurth. Remember the Democratic operative who got a nice no-bid contract and it got out and then the governor canceled it? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it turns out the governor's inner circle, Bridge Magazine, got a hold of internal emails, right? The governor's corporation counsel, the, the chief legal officer to the governor and her communications director were in on manipulating this. They didn't give it to the man. At first they were giving it to the, the democratic operatives company. Didn't look right. They gave it to his nonprofit. 
and they massage this thing for looks. So maybe the governor didn't know you're in a circle new. That means you knew and little bullshit white lies with what we're going through doesn't get it done. And what was this contract for? Tracking people who are exposed to COVID positive patients. And to this day, federal government has decreed we need the death count of people in nursing homes. And Michigan is the only state in the union that's had over 900 deaths that still hasn't counted them. Fact yeah. of the matter is, as a nonpartisan, you shit the bed. Charlie, I just, you know, we have a press, we, she has a press conference every day. Uh, there was an announcement of a workforce development committee or, or task force today. I mean, there, there, as Mark and I said before we went live, I mean, there's a lot going on, but nothing's happening. Yeah. That's I mean, it's just problem. not. Agreed. That's the Agreed. problem. Look, we, it's going to turn out. Let me, let me, I'm going to make a, a prognostication here. When it's all said and done, Across the country, I'm going to say half the deaths occurred around a nursing home, right? Right now, the New York Times, with incomplete data, has it at least the third. Michigan's not even reporting. Our government shit the bed. We destroyed the economy. We shut it down to protect whom? The weakest. Mm-hmm. Who are they? The old people. What do we do? We stuck infected old people with uninfected old people, and we have mass death. That's not good governance. And Michigan, as I speak, is still doing that. We said it last week. We copied it from New York. New York stopped doing it. And what are we doing? Lying about emails, lying about leaves. I'm sorry, I'm allowed to say it. It's the only way you can believe what you want. That's what I believe. The irony is really amazing with COVID because we were told, stay stay in place, Stay at home. Don't do anything, especially if you have the, you know, if you have the illness, don't be around people. And yet, what do we see? Old people going from long-term care to hospitals to the home. They, they seem to be moving around more than we were. And now when you talk about them not being able to count the people, gee, I wonder why people think the death count is off or something screwy about it. Because either it is... Or, you know, the perception is because they, why can't they report it? Why can't they get that number up on the website? That is ridiculous. It's well, unacceptable. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do, I, I question whether or not these numbers are being skewed because there's a push to reopen. There's a push to, you know, I mean, and it's being have done, you know, I mean, in terms of, you know, businesses, malls, there's not a consistent protocol. Everything is left to interpretation and personal application. So everything is all haphazard. And, and, I, and I still think that we're, we're doomed to repeat ourselves as it relates to a spike in, in these cases. I mean, we don't know. We talk about people being carriers, um, you know, and, and not being able to um, people have tested positive, even though they don't have any of the symptoms. I mean, everything's just so abstract and undefined at this point. I don't well, know. and in the meantime, in the meantime, Governance goes on in the dark while we're all looking at COVID and Minneapolis, right? For instance, I wrote this week, I, I promised you last week, mm-hmm. I, I tell you something about a contract. There's a, a contract going around the city of Detroit to purchase enough demolition dirt to build an earthen highway across the Detroit River 
to downtown Windsor. <laughs> that is a shitload of dirt. Why would we be buying dirt when the when the mayor came, comes out and says demolition is dead because the budget is screwed? Why? Well, the reports come out. Reports come out from Treasury. Turns out the stuff that was getting thrown in those holes was garbage. Some of it was from the highway when we told that that mm-hmm. stuff was poison. So go to Deadline and try to look at that. That's going on. Yeah. The skyscraper downtown, you know, the crown jewel of downtown, which I report a long time. They don't have the financing. I'm not sure it's going to get built. Now there's a new design company out of Chicago helping Chicago. them. You know, what yep. the, you know what that means? That yeah. means there's no tenants. That means there's no financing. That means... That when we, the people of Michigan, borrow $250 million to help him build it, and we have to pay $20 million a year on that, are we stuck with that? Well, we will be. You see how all this works? (laughs) Do you see why people are angry? And they should be. They should be, Charlie. At the end of the day, I think they should be. Now, how that anger is channeled is a whole different conversation. I don't, I don't but but people are, they're frustrated. They're politically apathetic. They're tired. They're fed up with the BS, man. I mean, on so many levels. It's like, at what point, what do you deserve as a resident of this community, as a citizen of this country? What are you entitled to? Like what? Like liberty and happiness. And damage some clean allegedly, water. Allegedly. <laughs> right. And, and, and currency that's worth something. So, right. so, let, so let me let me neatly transition, which is to me, okay, who's uh Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, who's he looking for? Huh. He's looking for a vice presidential candidate. Every, I talked to a guy that works at waste treatment in Flint. I call him shithouse Shane, regular guy. He goes, it's important who he picks. Because I don't even know if Joe's going to survive four years. Everybody knows this. So Klobuchar's in for it. Uh Uh-oh. Whitmer, I think that, nope. Do it, Mark. And they're both Who are we going to get? This is important. So uh, let me just get to uh, our sponsors before bringing Rick Wilson in. Um, Luke Nowacki of uh, Pinnacle Wealth Strategies, 248-663-4748. Call him for rational financial advice. The market's up, but it doesn't feel like your household's up, right? The, we, we don't know. What, what's inflation going to do? What is your appetite for risk? Should you spend your money now? Should you buy the car? Should you save? What do you do with your 401k? Do you pull it? Do you bring it back where you're in control of it? You can't do that. Are you fearful? Is your fear rational? Do you do stocks? Do you do bonds? Think of all these things. Think about your kid's college. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. I had this uh, disclaimer here, and I forgot to bring it. Oh, I had a nice little yes. helium wasn't balloons. Some, was, wasn't somebody I had helium to do that? Wasn't, I, that a, wasn't a listener supposed to do that? I have your disclaimer. You, you ready okay, for go it? Go ahead. Hang on. Yep. It's super fast, too. Oh, here, we, here we go. Uh, go, I Mark. Thought, I thought I had it. Boy, I ballyhooed that. That was a failure. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. All right. This will be well worth it. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> over there. securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Probably would have been faster with my mess up if you just did it, but well worth it. I think. Nice, brother. <laughs> did you do that, Mark? No, God, no, I didn't do that. 
Oh, I was like, oh, you got, you got, you got tal- other talents. Oh, I have no talent, Karen. You should know that by now. Who said I that? Couldn't even get it, I couldn't even get that to play. Yeah, a guy named Matt Farley. He is the most prolific songwriter in America. I believe he has forty thousand songs on Spotify, and he makes a lot of money just playing oh, stupid wow. songs. Yeah, fucking sweet. Maybe we can hook him up with uh, Rick Wilson, the Republican operative here, who's. <laughs> Going nationwide with this, anybody but Trump. Uh, before we get to him, David Hall at Hall Financial. Uh, he and his people care about the community. That's why the team at Hall Financial is working from home around the clock to help people save money by refinancing until the governor says they can go back to work, not at their homes. It's a great time to look at your options. That's why many people are refinancing right now. I have. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket. As we go through these turbulent times by refinancing, you can probably skip up to two payments. So why not see if you can save some dough? If you're worried about coronavirus, don't homes can be appraised without someone stepping foot inside your house. Hall financial service is the fastest in the business over 1500 five-star reviews from Michigan homeowners. Go to our webpage and click the logo and get started or call 248-308-5000. Hall financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention. NMLS one four six seven four three five. Awesome. Well done. Hey Ricky, can you hear me, brother? I got you loud and clear. What you in the car? I'm in the car. What are you doing Plans in the car? Cha- Plans change. This is Rick Wilson, a Republican operative. Guy makes campaign commercials, strategizes, worked for all the big wigs, uh, Dick Cheney, uh, George H. W. Bush, George Bush. I've met Romney, I would guess, best-selling author. Everything Trump, Trump touches dies, which was number one in the New York Times bestseller list. And running against the devil. So this is a Republican who's doing anything but Trump. Uh, is, is it a super PAC, the Lincoln Project, Rick? The Lincoln Project is a super PAC. That is correct. And what do you, what's, explain what it is. The Lincoln Project is a group of former Republican and conservative uh, campaign strategists, operatives, writers, pollsters, other groups of folks who helped elect hundreds and hundreds of Republicans over the last 30 years um, who all oppose Donald Trump. And we've come together uh, to, to apply the skills we built electing those folks for many, many years because we decided amongst ourselves, both you know, individually and collectively, that Donald Trump's not a conservative and he's a danger to this country and he's a terrible leader. And um, we believe that it's, it's incumbent on us that we have a moral duty, a moral obligation to stand up and to push back against this guy because Trumpism is not conservatism. And, and the, 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 the trappings of Trumpism are going to lead this country in a very dangerous direction. Now, I got to believe there are some elected officials that feel the same way. I guess maybe Mitt Romney is the most vocal about it. Um, are there more people that are in Congress that feel that way but are no. scared to speak? God. God, yes. You know, I say this a lot. And I, I, I have been around this rodeo a long time. I know a lot of people, folks I have elected, folks I have helped, folks I have, I have given counsel to over the years. And all of us are in the same position. The average Republican member of Congress, okay, about 60% of the members of Congress hate Donald Trump like the fire of a million suns. Wear the red hat and pretend and go to the White House and bob their heads up and down. They hate him. They cannot believe what they're stuck with doing. There's only about 25 members in the House of Representatives who really believe in Trumpism, 
who are actual true believers who, who swallowed the Kool-Aid and they think this is real and they think he's a great president. The rest of them already know they lost their majority because of him. They, we've lost 700 elected seats in this country since Trump was elected of Republicans up and down the ballot, state house, state Senate, congressional. And they believe that he is, he is insane. They believe he is vulgar. They believe he is a danger to the country. They are terrified of his Twitter feed. They're terrified of his followers. They're terrified of Fox News. So the, the, the number of people elected in Congress, including some of those guys you see go to the White House, go on Fox and talk the talk that really hate him is very high. Well, let, let me do this. So let, let, me, let me, for the listener and the viewer, play your spot, uh, Morning in America. Did you, did you write this, dude? Yes. Huh. All right. So our team, our team, look, we have, we have a great team of creatives um, and, and we have been able to put out, we think some very strong media, but this is an ad we're, uh, we're particularly proud of. Okay. So uh, if you guys got that queued up, let, let's play that for the audience. There's morning in America. Can I see the video? Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street, but not Main Street. This afternoon, millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking, if we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Paid for by the Lincoln Project, which is responsible for the content of this advertising. A little hi- hyperbolic, Thank isn't you. it, Rick? <laughs> I don't think it's hyperbolic. I think the mishandling of the, the crisis came in because Donald Trump refused to face up to it in January and February and kept telling us it's only five people, it's 15 people, it's going away, we've got this, it's totally under control. And so the economy ended up and business ended up not making the preparations they needed to make in order to mitigate this crisis. It's, it's a terrible indictment of Donald Trump. It is a downbeat ad, but it is, a, it, is a, it is an accurate portrayal, we think, of what most Americans are feeling right now. You know, I would say... Yeah, I, I feel that way. Uh, but I also remember the economy collapsing under the establishment of George Bush. I remember Obama giving the reins of the economy to Wall Street. I look at my own governor now and her mishandling of the economy here in Michigan. Am I supposed to, where am I supposed to turn? Who are you guys trying to convince me to vote for? Joe Biden? Look, we right now believe that Donald Trump is a proximate threat to this country. He is unable to handle this crisis. He is way over, way over his head. And if you think Obama gave Wall Street a lot of free reign, Donald Trump had the Federal Reserve dump $10 trillion with a T dollars into the market so Wall Street could have continued liquidity. This country is headed over a cliff, and we're going to have to do a hard reset uh, in a lot of ways, and nobody's going to come out of this happy but we know that Donald Trump is not capable of bearing the burden of this leadership. So is it Joe Biden, I'm asking? Is that who It has saved? to be Joe Biden. And look, none of us have to love every policy Joe Biden's going to push. I don't have to be in love with everything he's going to do. 
I just know that Joe Biden is not mentally deficient in terms of the of a demonstrated set of behaviors. He is not as lavishly corrupt. I mean, Joe Biden was in was in government for 40 years and never got rich off of it. And Joe Biden doesn't have any essential of the, the Trumpian behaviors of cruelty and capriciousness and, and, and pretending he's an insult comic and not the leader of the free world. Uh, and this country needs a reset. And Biden is an imperfect vessel, but, but an imperfect vessel beats somebody who is going to be a destructive force. Rick, can I ask you this? And I apologize for not knowing prior, but I mean, did you support Donald Trump or what were your Absolutely thoughts? Absolutely not. I was. Okay, so you've never. I just want I to make was, sure. Now, yeah. who should, because you've talked about the Democrats have to get themselves together. Who mm-hmm. do you think that Joe Biden should seriously consider as a running mate? Well, look, I say this a lot, but he's got an embarrassment of riches. He's got a lot of options, he's got a lot of choices here. I'm going to tell you a secret about Democratic voters. We've studied them like anthropologists. They are so fired up. They hate Donald Trump so much. He has caused so much destruction. They're going to come out and crawl over broken glass to vote against the sky. What he needs to have is a vice presidential candidate walks out on that stage with him day one and people go, hey, she could be president. Hey, she could do this job too. It's got to be somebody with stature and experience and skills and who can who present themselves. Listen, I'm not going to pick the candidate. I'm going to tell you, I think that Kamala Harris right now is probably the lead out in, in a lot of discussions because she presents as a strong leader. She's somebody you can see as president in the future. Um, I, I think the Klobuchar situation, she was a rising stock. And, and unless this situation with her declining to prosecute, and I don't know if that story's real yet or not. I haven't read it yet. Um, you know, that probably knocked her down a notch if she declined to prosecute this guy. But we'll see. Um, you know, Governor Whitmer bumped up there for a little bit. We'll see where that goes. I think Michigan's already slipping away from Donald Trump. So that may not be as much of a compelling argument. But there are a lot of choices out there. I think those three are, the, are three that have been in the discussion the most and the most seriously. Rick, do you think he backed himself in a corner by saying he would choose a woman? Because I felt like he said that very early on with so many opportunities for things to change, which we've seen with Klobuchar and Whitmer. Sure. I mean, look, it, it, you try not commitments that lock your campaign in forever on anything. Um, but I do think Joe Biden choosing a female candidate as a running mate is a salutary move. It is a smart play um, because you do want uh, not just not just Democratic voters to see this. You also want that large constituency of Republican voters who have walked away from Trump. Those are independent women, suburban Republican women, educated women across the spectrum. Those people, they're done with Trump. They're white, out. white women. Over. White women. White women. Yeah. And, you know, call me crazy. 40% of the electorate, something like that? Well, like 36% of the electorate in the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. Um, Those groups added together are a formidable force. And I think if they see Joe Biden selecting a woman, a qualified woman candidate who has experience and skill and leadership, then that's a signifier for a lot of people who are not partisan uh, Democrats, but who are looking for uh, a a woman who's going to take one of the highest offices in the land. So it's pontalism, isn't it? This is all about, it's a numbers game. Listen, it is a, absolutely a numbers game. Anybody who's playing anything other than that is a fool. But look, the electoral college is where it's at. 
And in the Electoral College, you've got seven, eight states maybe that are in play, uh, more than there were a few months ago, frankly. Um, but, you know, you've got to go in and pick and choose in those states where it was close. Look, 77,000 votes in three states decided the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. You know, add, add Florida, where 140,000 votes decided the 2016 election. So well, you really have to do this by putting together a coalition of folks who are going to be willing to cross party lines and to ignore some of the ideological priors and there and get in this fight uh, to support Biden in places like, you know, Oakland and Macomb County. Let me remind people we're talking to Rick Wilson, a Republican operative, bestselling author. Uh, he's working for a super PAC called the Lincoln Project, which is starting to unleash a media campaign. That campaign is focused on anybody but Trump. So these are the Republicans going after Trump, which begs the question, if you can help a blue wave, you want an avalanche. If you're really a Republican, then you're going to be out in the wilderness for years. It's a chance. Look, I'm in the wilderness for the last four years. I have held on to all my principles. I do not believe in expanded government. Trump does. I do not believe in wild spending and deficit and debt spending going out of control. Even before COVID, Trump did. I do not believe that the power of the executive is unlimited. Trump does. I do not believe that the rule of law is subsumed by whatever Trump's or the president's preferences are. Trump does. I do not believe in weaponizing the Justice Department um, in the form of Bill Barr to help the president politically. Trump does. All these things, uh, I, I this, this is not a Republican or a conservative administration. I will probably end up being able to be more effective advocating for conservative positions when you've got a guy like Joe Biden, who is a standard, ordinary person as president, who is a guy who is not trying to enrich himself or to radically alter the country into sort of a personality cult. Uh, well, you know, when you're talking about policy, I thought you were talking about George Bush weaponizing the Justice Department, um, runaway spending, your forever wars. Executive so, power. What, what, what do you, you know, I mean, well, well by, to- by the way, so, so George Bush and executive power was a piker compared to Barack or compared to, to, to Donald Trump. And this idea that, that, you know, George Bush issued so many, so few executive orders that Donald Trump would, would look at that number in a week um, in terms of abuse of executive power. And in answer. terms of, in terms of spending, in terms of spending, Donald Trump's spending in the, in the course of two years exceeded that of George W. Bush. So I, 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 I think there are plenty of externalities that drive spending occasionally. And I'm not as critical of Trump's spending on the COVID window as I am on a $2 trillion tax cut that my buddies for lobbyists wrote. Okay. And when I called one of my friends who was literally in McConnell's office writing the tax bill, I said, Hey, so tell me there's some middle-class uplift in this. He said, the fuck do I care? I work for hedge funds. <laughs> and so the things that have gone on in terms of the spending and, and the recklessness of the behavior uh, in, in that regard, I think have been absolutely terrifying for this country. I would agree with that. I, in my latest book, I said, you know, it's usually the things that nobody pays attention to that we rue 10 years later. And it's probably that those tax cuts, because now there's no room to, to right. there's no, wiggle there's, room. no there's none. We're, we're fucked. So now, as you said, and, before, the fe- and the fed and the fed having basically run out all the money printing tricks. 
I mean, we're- I know, man. I know, man. It's not a good time in America. It's true. But now you said, rightly so, that it's a numbers game. It's a TV game, right? It's all about presentation. And this comes down to 50,000 people. I'm going to play this because this is really when I started paying attention to you. This is when you were on CNN with Don Lemon. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were talking about the Ukraine, Donald Trump and his followers. I want to play it in case people don't know. You guys got that. He also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane (laughs) next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, that, that wants to think that 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 Donald Trump's a smart one, and they're oh y'all y'all, y'all elitist or them. <laughs> you you elitist with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. You know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte, all those lines okay. on the map. <laughs> so here's the deal with that: if you're trying to peel and Midwest, really. You're trying to peel 50,000 people back towards you. Is, is that the way do you regret that? Because, look, my mom voted for Trump. My brothers, Mark, anybody? I know a lot of people that voted for him. Uh, Karen didn't know. I, mean, I don't have to ask. Well, I, mean, I, I know people that know them, but nobody in my family that I'm aware of voted for Trump. If yeah, they no. Do, I'm just them. <laughs> I, I love them. Respect them very much. Definitely right. not rubes. Mm-hmm. Very angry with Small business the owners, Republican yeah. and Democratic establishment, and that's why they did it. Do you, do you do you think that helped? Do you want to back off on that? I'm not going to back off on that. I'll tell you why. Because I have a sense of humor, and I've been told for four years by the Trump folks, "Fuck your feelings, you snowflakes! I can't believe you can't take Donald Trump's humor." You know, Donald Trump jokes about grabbing women by the pussy. Donald Trump jokes about kicking people's asses, and and I'm sorry, I'm a humble country campaign consultant. Okay. I'm joking about the fact that Donald Trump is a profoundly ignorant man, and yet his audience projects upon him brilliance and leadership. And if they can't take a joke and if they can't take some humor, then, you know, stepping out of the political arena might be for them. And, I'm, and this idea of on the, on the, in the Trump world that they're allowed to be as transgressive and as wild and make whatever statements they want, they're allowed to say whatever they want about, about people who don't support Donald Trump. Because I am told on the daily, I'm a libtard, cuck shill, Soros slave boy. <laughs> I get that, that too. I, that I'm a child molester and a pedophile and all this other shit. They're allowed, they're allowed to do that shit every day. Well, guess what? Occasionally, I'm going to punch back. And, and, and I'm going to do it with a sense of humor and some edge on it. And so fuck their feelings is my response. Except that so then, uh, you're talking about an attack or, or jokes or an attack on one person as opposed to a group of people. Is there a difference there? Well, uh, look, I'm not trying to win back Donald Trump's most fervent supporters. I don't care. Those people are lost causes. They are lost souls. The ones that wear the red hats, the ones that believe in QAnon, those people are out. They're, 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 they've, they've basically entered a separate political space in our country. Yeah. They've basically become a, a, a fourth party. They are a, a nationalist populist party that believes Donald Trump is the center of a personality cult. I really don't think that those folks are reachable in this or any other election. I think the Republicans who think that they are now a part of their coalition forever 
are mistaken. I think they're going to hive off into something else in the future. And and what they want and need politically is an ugly and dangerous thing in this country. And I think that that I'm not trying to seduce those people back onto the, the Republican or conservative reservation. They're gone. Republican Party's dead, isn't it? As we oh, knew yeah. it a decade. It's oh, yeah. dead. Stick a fork. Do, do you yeah. think do you think the Republicans need to be I mean, the Democrats need to be blown up as well? You got the, sure. the progressive wing. Sure. Look, I think I think there's a market in this country for a conservative leaning party that believes in fiscal discipline, free markets, individual liberty, the Constitution and the rule of law. That is not today's Republican Party. I also believe there's room for a a social democratic leaning party that believes in expanding health care and technocratic governance. I think those two parties could actually work together and could produce something. But, you know, look, I view Donald Trump as much of an outlier as I view Bernie Sanders as an outlier. I think those exactly. are those are factions of two edges that that don't function governmentally and don't function as as the political anchors in a society. Will uh, Bernie supporters vote for Biden or will they just not vote? Uh, well, last time, 12.4 percent of them voted for Donald Trump. So I, I like to say this about Bernie supporters. You're, they're going to prove to them to all of us who they are very soon. Now we're going to know who they are and they can decide one thing or the other. They're either in this to save this country or they're a bunch of fucking anarchists. I think the answer is a bunch of fucking anarchists, but we'll see. So, Rick, if you were able to pick the ideal, not just candidate, but next president of the United States, who would that be? Regardless of whether or not they would or could be in the running, who would that be? Let me tell you, let me, I'd like to see uh, a Stan McChrystal um, or, or, or somebody who has been through uh, challenges of leadership and, and challenges uh, the, the, of serving this country um, that are not from the political track that we live in right now. You want I mean, to know who Sam Dunn? Want to know who sure. Biden should pick? Absolutely. It's over today. Michelle Obama. If the country's really, really oh, going a, over a cliff. She doesn't. Right? And we, she wouldn't want right? that. Why would she want that job? Because the country's going over a cliff. Because if, if, if Rick believes it and, and Democrats believe it, then you got to return the White House to the Democrats. Why wouldn't it be Michelle Obama? Why wouldn't she do I, I that? For I them? don't think she'd want to do it, honestly. I mean, she talked about the, the 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 imposition on her family that it had when Barack was president. So I, while I think she could make a huge difference and continues to have a level of influence that's enviable and that's measurable, yeah. I, I don't see that she'd do it. I don't think she'd do it, but she can do more. It would be a, being a private citizen, but that would be the pick, wouldn't it? That's the absolute. Guess who wins? Oh, it's a hell. Of, it'd be a hell of a splash. Be a hell of a splash. I, doesn't it seem like the sad thing is, is that your choices are Donald Trump or, or, and then Joe Biden. Are people voting for Biden because he's not Donald Trump? Uh, they want the Obama deep state. I'm putting that in air quotes. Uh, you know, whatever Obama had that whole administration or who he's going to pick for a vice president. People are not enthusiastic about Joe Biden. Yet you said the polling shows that they will go out and vote. So what are they voting for? Specifically, Democrats will go out to vote against Donald Trump. And, and look, there are plenty of negative space voting patterns in this country. 
You know why Donald Trump is president? It's not just because the Russians helped him or because Donald Trump was a reality star. It's also because for 30 years, Hillary Clinton was nuked into a glowing cinder by the Republican machine. She was unacceptable. So a lot of the people that have abandoned Trump um, after the 2016 election, they don't have a monster to vote against now. They don't have the scary Hillary Clinton character to vote against. And Joe Biden is not does not scare people. Joe Biden is not a mythic figure with this terrible, you know, frightening storyline that that, that that these people had been told since they were children. So I think Trump won because people it didn't res- Hillary didn't resonate with people. Um, I think she's she, bad well, bad she, yeah. but she approached the election with a sense of entitlement. She patronized the black voter, you know, the whole oh, yeah. hot sauce, Kente cloth on her Twitter thing. And people stayed home. Um, I mean, so I think that that put Donald Trump in. But it also Donald Trump has garnered such a groundswell of supporters who unfortunately, for lack of a better word, think like him and, and you know, it resonates with them. How is that lost in this next election or how can it be or will it be lost? Well, I think Joe Biden is a much more natural political figure than Hillary Clinton ever was. Joe Biden likes people. And that's a non, not, non-trivial element of, of being a good politician, liking people. Hillary Clinton never came across as as human or engaging or warm. And that was because, you know, she's been through a lot and had her shit kicked a lot over the course of her life, both inside her marriage and out and in politics and out. And so she was always very restrained in that way. And so you never felt that connection with her that people do feel with Biden. And look, can, some candidates just are great on paper, not good at the work of politics. She's a perfect example of that. Rick, how does uh, Trump win again? How does he win? Well, look, Trump wins if he jacks up white, non-college-educated turnout to 70%. That's how he wins. Here's what I say. And then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it because you're, you're going in and out here. Uh, if Trump, with, with everything that's going on, he's within five, right? He's within, pretty much within five everywhere. It's a coin flip again, is it not? Do you think what you're well, doing you know, is... Go if ahead. you go into the if you go into the state polling of likely voters by professional pollsters, he's actually in a much worse situation than than five, and there are a lot of places where the electoral college map that was presumed, especially before COVID, um, does not exist. That electoral college map has been erased. So Trump now has to do a couple of inside straights again. Um, put it together one more time. I think I think he's in much significantly worse position than than a lot of people even give Biden credit for. Mm. But again, it's uh, if if he can do the the magic thread the needle, get that high turnout with white working class voters. It, when you're talking about likely voters, et cetera, who, you, you have to go to the trailer park. You got to go to the country. You got to go to Macomb County, and and see if they're you know excited and, act and, and, and motivated. And that's what you're doing. You're trying to remind them. Is that it? Are you trying we're to gonna, talk we're, to? We're, we're, we're going to talk to a, 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 again, game of small numbers. 
We're talking to a group of movable Republicans. We're talking to independents who lean conservative. We're talking to some Democrats who have voted for Donald Trump, the famous Obama-Trump Democrats. We're making sure that we touch the right audiences in the right places and leveraging our skills and leveraging our ability to communicate with those folks in a way that we think will be meaningful in the coming election. So you, you, I think you just said uh, educated white women, suburban white women. Is that, is that pretty much it? Suburban white women are my jam. <laughs> no, who the hell don't love a suburban white woman? I'm telling you that right now. Indeed. Indeed. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> no. Hey, okay, so listen, um, are you going to make it to Michigan, Rick? at all physically you know i i we're going to be on the air in michigan i can assure you of that um i don't know if i'm physically going to make it to michigan anymore um but uh before all this hit we had a bunch of focus groups scheduled up there but we'll see if that that all got thrown into the wind so we will we will uh, you, you will see lincoln project work in, in michigan i uh i get up there pretty frequently i've done some work over the, up there over the years and uh it's a, it's a favorite state of mine okay so if you get here look me up i'll show you around hell yeah let's do it and uh, I need to get your address uh, off the air. I'm going to send you a, a Coney kit from American Coney Island. That's a Detroit, Michigan original. I love right? it. I love I, it. I, brother, thank thanks you, for your time and good luck. And you know what? Power to the people. I respect you. I'm glad you got a point of view. And you're a guy that stands up and gets some things done and makes his position known. That Thanks, man. The listeners, whether you like what he said or not, that's what makes America go. So if you, if you want to comment and start bitching go ahead but it's not <laughs> they right. are well, they are, are they okay. i don't think it's right people because listen to them and yeah. that's true but it's the both it's both sides people just you know my point here. is see see with with rick there's more than both sides here's a really interesting third side well i'm i'm saying charlie that people have to just just as we can respect uh, you know, their difference of opinion. We want varied opinions here on the show. It's not a myopic approach to any particular subject or person. So it's good. If people agree, if they disagree, if they weigh in, that's what it's all about. So that's all well and fine. There's no criticism of Rick, no criticism of the people who agree or disagree with him. It's all good. Oh, no. Happy to know you, Rick, really, man. You know, I mean, you bet. big thing. Yeah, all right, brother. Thank you. All right. Talk to you Thanks. Bye-bye. So in the meantime, Charlie, your uh, your president is now announcing that he's terminating U.S. relations with the World Health Organization. Uh, uh, well, I, guess what? I, I can do this one. Ready? Fuck them. They got it wrong anyway. You know, agents of China. And they did fuck up. I understand. They fucked up like, massively. This man is standing here and he's talking. It looks like his eyes are closed. But, yeah, but to end relations, I mean, that's to me, that's not helpful. No. I, that's my point. But anyway, on, onward and upward, onward and upward. So where are we so go? What do we here? learn? What do we well, learn? I, I, I don't think it's Whitmer. No, oh, I no. know it's not, but it's also so, not uh, maybe she's not going to be on the comedy shows anymore. That, that it's not, it's not Kamala Harris. Um, I'm I think thinking, I think she's the front runner here. She's got, but be. it shouldn't be. You got to remember Kamala Harris. Joe Biden has very strong support in the African-American community he would abandon a lot of that support with Kamala Harris because people start looking at her prosecutorial record and her, that record does not jive well with many people in the African-American community. So for the sake of having a, a black woman topically is fine, but if you do any research, it's, it's, it, it could actually undermine his effort. It, it, so comes, now, up, it comes up Klobuchar. 
really not going to be her either. I'm no thinking way. maybe is it Warren? Is it Abrams? No. I mean, I don't know, no. but it's not those two. Abrams has no record, right? And, so, uh, well, but and, what did Rick just Warren, say? No. It didn't have to be somebody that, you know, I, I don't know. At this well, it's point, funny because Rick really couldn't come up with a solid name. That's true. He didn't offer one. He said it was an embarrassment of riches, but I didn't hear anything. Well, I think he's like everybody else, Charlie. He's, you know, figuring out the next step while you're walking. Meanwhile, I mean, you know, we got dams collapsing. We've got Minneapolis on fire. We got people that can't get their unemployment. You know what I mean? But we're talking about basically a bankrupt federal government. These are the real things. And, and everybody yeah. listening, I, I love you. I got to live with you. I, I'm, I'm not going to hate. So don't drill me. We're trying to have a talk about how we can get somewhere. And we're nowhere. I think we all got to believe that. We're nowhere. This is not acceptable. And so far, I'm, I'm looking at the little show, and I'm not seeing a clear direction anywhere. You all agree with that? Yes. Yeah. They do. Oh, yeah. Charlie, okay. people, I, I mean, the con- people love your conversation. They like the fact that you're bringing in, you know, all these different voices, whether they agree with those voices or not. They, they are entitled. That's OK. And you have to also remember there's not a, an opportunity for exchange. So a lot of the responses are what they're hearing. They don't have the opportunity to ask for clarification. But people like the fact that you're having these conversations, Charlie, you're taking them you know, two steps above the normal rhetoric, you know, I mean, so it's all good. I, I don't see anything bad in any of this, whether oh, no. everybody agrees or not. It's, it's you not. Can just, you can just turn it off. But I also really like, because we do study other broadcasts, is, you know, bringing in regular people, the nursing right. home inspector and the nurse yeah. and the cop and the firefighter, you know, the we the people. You know, and, and the dude from Ferguson and the guy from the inner city and the guy from out in the country, plus guys like Rick, because that's really the totality of things. And, no, and, like, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. I'm no, sorry. I was going to say, but like you, you say, you know, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. I mean, at some point, you're, you're, you know, people's party loyalty has it, it has to take a back seat to what's right for everybody or, you know, what is in the best interest. I think that blind party loyalty is what has gotten everybody into a deep mess. I, I, think, I, I think I earned that much from my community. You know, yes. I don't care your color, your gender or your political party. When it comes to politics, I'm looking. What's with the dirt, right? What's yes. with this dam collapse? And when, you know, uh, the attorney general, Dana Nessel, sues <laughs> the dam owner, who's a scumbag, but sues him because he's unilaterally taken down the uh, lake level behind that dam because he knows they're going to have problems. And she sues him because he did it. The bureaucracy's not working. The parties don't work. And we have no choice. We, we got to pick. It's not the lesser of two evils. It's just shit. What's right? What makes sense? But this is the other thing. And I have to say this because I know that whether it's the governor or somebody on her staff, they listen to this show. Uh, I've gotten direct feedback. They are listening and they've responded to some of the stuff that we've suggested. I need my dog room. Her nails are bad. Let's figure out we're going to open up all this stuff randomly. Can we figure out how to get the dog groomers open? I know that may sound selfish, but I hear people constantly. We're creating other problems when we're not able to take care of our families, our pets, our homes. We're creating problems, you know. So that's my two cent message to the governor this week. (laughs) Okay, and, and mine is I know it's a really hard job. It's it a really is. hard job. It well, is. Focus. 
focus. And well, don't let just step. Look, here's the thing. The governor's communications director is fudging. They're trying to fudge the message, whether they knew about this COVID contract with the, you know, the Democratic player or not. That's the same dude when I caught her lieutenant governor with his ghetto house and not fixing it up and then be able to sell it to recuperate his losses. Right. That's the same guy that's trying to go out there and say, I got it wrong. Well, I didn't get it wrong. Point blank, that's what happened. Point blank, this is what happened with that contract. Point blank, this is what's going on in the nursing homes. You that's fix true. it, you get a cookie. Hmm. We, you, you, you're responsible to what we're finding, and we're not making it up, and we're not partisan. You fix what's damaged, and you get elected. That's how it works, and nobody's fixing anything. I want to see a balance. I see too much attempt at showing compassion. The whole sensitivity thing, the whole bring up the little, look, bring up the kid, bring up the what. I get all that, but I need to see some competency too. I like Gretchen. I've known her since she was in, you know, the house. I, I get all that, but I need to. I want to see a strong person, especially a strong woman, stand up, own up to the mistakes, make a decision, execute. And hold people accountable to do what's right. That's why she's there. So I don't need all the touchy-feely baking cookies stuff. I don't. That's not moving me and impressing me as a leader. It's not. Right on. And the best way to do it is to trust yourself. Put down the pre, uh, the, the prepared the words yeah. and just speak. And do the homework. And stay off the comedy shows. Because it's not funny anymore. Fix, fix the nursing homes. You got to do it because this shit's coming back in November. Fix it. And um, yes, Mr. Mayor, I am going to go through that SIGTARP report. Um, well, that sounds fun. Asked, <laughs> uh, I, I'll get it back to you next week. What's in those holes? Yeah. Why are we looking for tens of millions of dollars worth of dirt that we don't have? And by the way, I want to congratulate the No Bullshit News Hour, Mark, Karen, uh, our sources, we did not get the Kilpatrick story wrong. Yeah. We, we, we didn't go crazy. No. We didn't say he's getting clemency. And then we later only reported what we knew at that time. We didn't project. We didn't, you know, try to predict. This is what we knew at that time. That was it. I mean, all said, I, I talked to the Ebony Foundation and that's what they told me. And that's what they then told me. So. Representative Sherry said, I can't confirm it. I said, I right. called the White House. They don't know anything about it, nor do the FBI. Right. So I'm proud of that. Like sometimes, you know, we don't get it first. Fine. It's okay. Meanwhile, we wrong, it right. we say so. I, I will say this. I got really mad when Fox two deleted yeah. the story of Kilpatrick getting clemency. It was wrong and they didn't correct it. I guess my heart's still broken about what we built over there and, and what it is, but you, you must, correct the mistake, not just pretend it never happened. But yeah, later on, after a couple of pops in me, you know, they're reporting what you told the listeners that the Ebony Foundation told you that it'd be around June 10th, right? Right, exactly. And then I said, yeah, we already reported that, which we didn't verify it. I, I did that on Facebook. That is sort of a sort of a news outlet for me. I correct the mistake now. You know, you heard it when you listen. But after a couple of glasses of nice wine, I don't treat, drink cheap wine. <laughs> I send it out there as fact. So my apologies there. Okay. 
You, you've got a listener that said, who is this woman on the show? Just curious. Who, you? I assume so. Mark. Okay, so is that person typing? If you're listening, you mean, who's this woman listener? Her, her name is Kelly Pasco. She said, who is this woman on the show? <laughs> Karen <laughs> Dumas? <laughs> Queen Karen Dumas? Who are you, Karen? Dude. Dude. Google her. She's basically the de facto chief of staff for uh, Mayor Bing. Uh, she's worked in city politics, city government for probably what? 12 years of your life? Long time, Charlie. She's Sorry. a political consultant. She's a crisis management consultant. Uh, she's elegant. She's um, Detroit through, uh, True Blue. I mean, Karen is a, is a heavyweight and an intellect. That's, that's who Karen is. So thanks for tuning in. Obviously, you never have before, Kelly, right? So is that right? But you know what? It's oh, no, she wants to know. She likes yeah. you. And, You're and interesting. I, well, it could be good or bad, but I, I just certainly, she said, okay, Karen, I'll look you up. Hey, and I'm on Facebook, Kelly. You know, send me, a, I have a public page, so we're already connected, and I appreciate you listening. I do, you know? I mean, you don't you want to know about Mark? You know, no. we got Charlie. We got all kind. We got a good team here, and I am honored, Charlie. I thank you for inviting me on the show over a year ago and not letting me go. <laughs> I would like yeah, to add, too, that me. Karen is a very nice person. Even when she did, she didn't know who I am or anything, like, what I who, who is this guy floating around this house? And you were always very nice before you got to know me. That's a big mark about people. That, that's a cool thing to be called, though. You know, Polite, nice. nice. Yeah, I think we need because a little if, bit you know, more of that. People do know me and they suspect it. I admit <laughs> it. It was, a, it was a real childhood, and it's hard to get rid of it. I don't know if I'm a nice person, but I try to be a kind person. I try to help. I think you're very kind. But you are, Charlie. I mean, and people have to understand that, you know, I I did an interview the other day and somebody said, what do you want the introduction to your story to be? I said, the introduction to my story is that I care. Now, whether I'm critical, whether I take the time to be patient or whatever, everything I do is rooted in care. And that's your thing, Charlie. I mean, and it shows Mark, Mark, I'm impressed with Mark as as we've worked with him. Mark what? is smart. No, not, and yes. I like the fact that he sees things from a different perspective. If we all saw things from the same way, hmm. why would we wouldn't all be necessary? So well, that's right. And so, you know what? Um, not to oh, get- she said this lady said she asked because it's never been stated who she was or her involvement, but I do a great job on the show. So I thank that you. That is a goddamn lie. Yeah, I know. That's it says, "Are you the, I'm not on nine ten anymore. I left long ago, and Charlie and I never went back. <laughs> I never was there. Let's just but I'll get, tell you this, too, Charlie. People said they've loved our exchange today. They said this is the best dialogue that we've had yet. That's cool because I, yeah. you know, I was just doing this as a lark, Mark. You know, it oh, was I Mark yeah. who actually came up with the concept—not the concept, but for us to come do a podcast. And I was like, "Yeah, do it." But now, like I'm, I'm, I'm into it, and Friday's coming. I'm really, really stressed out, and I think this shit's gonna give me a heart attack because it's so difficult to, to, to show what's real, not not to do the leaf raking story. Like you know, if I did the leaves or uh, the governor's husband's powerboat, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, that's just me commenting on Twitter as well. We're right. trying to find an entertaining, simple, and informative way to get you what you need. So here's what we learned today. Right. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's just a show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to the original point. There's a lot going on and nothing's happening. 
Nothing's happening. You're yeah. right. But you know what? We learn that there is a lot to be done. We should learn or be reminded that we all have the ability to make a difference, um, that we can and should be receptive to varying perspectives and opinions. And I think some kind of way we all want the best. Best is relative, but we're going to get there. And Charlie, I want to thank you for always taking, you know, when, when you and I were on opposite sides, I had to, I had to, I always had the utmost respect for you because you do your homework. You are not shooting off the cuff and just trying to hurry up and file a story on a deadline. You are trying to get the information and deliver it so people know what to digest. You do. And I thank you for that. And I can, I applaud the fact that you're continuing to do this under Mark's recommendation in the form of a podcast. Well, And, th- and thanks. And, and, and Charlie, uh, I was telling him this yesterday, Karen, um, I said, look, I my I got I got a small brain. It's hard to wrap my head around Flint sometimes. It's hard to wrap my head around the dam. And I what did I tell you, Charlie? I said thank you for making it simple for me. And you basically boiled it down to a few key points as to what is going on, which you've you know you've reiterated a few times here. Good, thank you. We're, we're all busy, so simple. you know. Well, hopefully, I, we can keep your trust because if we don't, it's not worth it. Yeah. You have it, Charlie. Yeah. You don't you don't read these comments, but people are, you know, Mark is talking about, you know, when you were doing the show with Anthony Bourdain, yeah. uh, a teacher said earlier in the show that their assignment was to watch the uh, the report that you filed when you went down the Rouge River. I mean, Charlie, people respect you in a way that you will never understand. You you won't. You can't comprehend that because you're not that kind of person. You're not looking for the clicks. You're not looking for the likes. You're not looking for that. So you won't understand the level of respect and admiration that people have for you. But I'm going to continue to encourage you to keep going because we all need it. And to that we point, we, we, we were talking before the show um, and, and you mentioned it early on, you know, your travels in Ferguson and Chicago and, mm-hmm. and Baltimore um, because I, I was telling you, I was watching a video, and you see, I think it was the ones where the CNN reporter was uh, being arrested. And you look at the the face behind the tactical gear of the state police. And you know, those are just those are just people too. And you told a really good story. I thought of when you were in Ferguson, and um, a similar thing happened where you were talking to one of the I don't know if he was National Guard or State Police the riot there. police yeah uh, it was what did it was, he tell you, you know we were talking about the CNN reporter getting arrested and like right. that's going to happen uh, it's, it's not a huge issue to me you take the arrest and you, and you that's reporters got to do stuff stay within the law but West Florissant uh, Avenue was burning and the, the fire department there dropped their hoses and took off the shots were being fired and there was a a cordon of riot police from one, the buildings on one side, all the way across the avenue to the buildings on the other side. They're going to clear it. And they look scared. And, you know, some of them are state police. Some of them are county police, local police, National Guard, perhaps. Uh, I don't think there are any National Guard, just local police jurisdictions. Their equipment's not, not fitting right. You know, the riot, the, mm-hmm. the face shields are right. Their gas masks are filling up with steam. And one of them says to me, I figure he's telling me to fuck off, right? He's like, <laughs> and I get up close. I said, excuse me, sir, what'd you say? And he says, are you the dude that just did that video with the squatter? That was fucking hilarious. And I'm like, whoa, what a postmodern world. Like, that was a fucking great video on YouTube. And I'm like, wow. And then I just realized, they're just, I always realize it, but in those kind of moments, it's human beings. And I will remind you, 
Try to love one another if you can. Try to respect one another. That, that's going to get us through it. Shooting and burning is not going to do it. But I, I understand just, sometimes why it happens. I got to add this. Somebody said that you can be deemed on manners, but never objectivity. That was another comment. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? They, my Cadillac died. I want to say go. I want to say goodbye to Woody. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Rod bearing. It just somebody. You know, you get. This is Michigan, man. We're very genius rednecks, and you know, what sort? Of, you know, just garage mechanics. Any any, any person who work on a car is genius to me. He goes, like, oh, I can fix that. And I go, yeah, well, the frame's bent after um, Erica Erickson T-boned me in the Fox 2 parking lot. So <laughs> it's not worth it. I had to let it go. I what, scrapped it. What'd you do to her? And, Why'd she have to T-bone you? <laughs> oh, uh, she, well, actually, she was, she was texting and driving out of the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love her, though. You know, I love her. It's all forgiving. Shit happens. Not at that moment, though. <laughs> so, so, so Charlie, Woody. You, you posted a, car, a picture on Facebook. Did you tweet that picture out? You know, the tow truck pulling it away. It was a sad picture. I was yeah, waiting no, for you just, to tweet it out. just on Facebook. No, you, you know. tweet it out. I want to see okay, it. Okay, retweet it for me. Well, you're, not, you're on Facebook. Come on. Well, yeah, but I, I was I was I was looking for it on Twitter. I'll put it on Twitter. You want me to take it and put it on Twitter? I will. I wanted you to tweet it, saying goodbye to your truck. I was very sad. I know it was really sad. My goodness. What's well, over? Catch me now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you 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 picked the uh, you picked the song this week, Karen. I sure did. I want to thank a producer out of L.A., Al Moses Manerson, his uh, group Shakespeare. Uh, it's an original uh, video and song. He gave me permission to use it. I thought it was very appropriate for our landscape right now. So thanks for playing so, it, Charlie. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, nice. Thanks. Thanks for letting us use it. Facebook, don't remove the video. We got permission. And got uh, permission. anybody, anybody making good music, send it to us. Yep. Uh, no, no Right. Uh, yep. we have yep. some that do, we played it before. We're happy to do it. And, uh, where, where do we go? We were on iTunes. We're on uh, every platform. Anywhere you every can get platform. It. Just go there. Uh, you know, hit subscribe. Give us some stars. A lot of stars, and it'll come to you every week. Or just go to uh, nobsnewshour.com. Thanks for listening. Thank I'm going to step you. off a of camera because Facebook doesn't allow you to smoke on camera. Can you believe that? <laughs> really? We've been kicked off. Yep. Yeah. They throw you off. Yeah. I didn't know that. What the fuck is this namby pamby bullshit? It's still legal. <laughs> Weed's illegal and I'm getting thrown up for a cigarette. All right, anyway, I love you. I'll see you. See love you, you back. See ya. <laughs> Time soon. As a matter of fact, people have been coming and going all day since we've been out here um, earlier today at two o'clock when the protests uh, moved from 38th and Chicago to the third precinct here off of East Lake Street. So a very, very unfortunate situation. Oh, sorrow. Feeling Mama's humming Freedom Free my mind Oh my Keep on going For they come for you Black man running Black man running White man gunning Black man running Jesus save our souls Feeling The devil burned down our homes Freedom Free my mind Oh 
my mind Keep on going for they come for you Black man running Black man running White man gunning Black man running Watch them stack our bones Heathens To them we're not equals Pleading Free my mind Oh my mind Keep on going Before they come for you Black man running Black man running, white man gunning, black man running. Minneapolis police officer kneeing him in the back of the neck for four and a half minutes. In that time, the man, identified as George Floyd, pleaded continuously that he couldn't breathe. What do you want? Can't breathe, breathe. Bystanders asked police to help him. He grew even more concerned after Floyd lost consciousness. Look at him. But the officer kept continuing the ground for at least three more minutes. Can't keep running. Can't keep running. Can't keep gunning. We all running. Can't keep running.